podcast, The Final Frontier. These are the conversations of the friendship Matt Myra and Andrew Secunda. Their continuing mission. To seek out old adventures with contrived civilizations. To boldly watch episodes that one of them has watched before. Welcome to Star Trek The Next Conversation. I'm Matt. I'm Andy. And? And I'm Devanani Rao. Forgot he also says and. He's so helpful, that Devanani. Andy. He's just a good guy overall. Do you think Devanani Rao is the most underrated good guy of all time? You know, he's not that bad. That would be the first way I would care. He's not that bad, that Devanani Rao. <laughs> you know, what's he doing? He's just using his mind powers to negotiate with Ferengis for a worthless wormhole. Yeah. Uh, manipulate uh, people so around him. Uh, yeah, but that ain't so bad. Various questionable ways. Yeah, yeah sure. But he's a pretty good guy. Uh, so, Andy, it's uh, without uh, further ado. I mean, we're back, everybody. Hello. We're back. I have a lot of, I'm um, just more giving everybody a heads up. Uh, you know, since uh, we've been off for a little while. And um, um, I've, I've, you know, it's got a, the, the Admirals Club You'll be... is chock full of admittees. There's a lot of hail, so just remember, if you're really bothered by it, you don't like the saucer section. Just uh, look at the uh, the time code Matt wrote in the episode description. You can you... skip ahead to where we just talk about the episode. You can warp right to there. Otherwise, I don't even remember Matt at this point whether. Did we cover that you no longer have COVID in in this yes, in the we main did. pod? Yeah, that's how okay, we recorded good. when we I did. finally got over it last in in February, if you can believe it or not. Okay. And you haven't and had a recurrence? Through, no. In fact, I've had good. my first shot of the vaccine. So No, exciting. Uh, and so have I. Yesterday, I got that right in the arm. Nice. That's, that's probably the preferable place to get it. I would think so. Um, <laughs> I... So I really hope that I'm not in people's one ear on people's uh, recording. Otherwise, do you wanna, look, do you I, I can't do anything check? about it. I think, I think it's got to be mono, and hopefully you'll all not, Back to not, mono. not notice anything. Uh, in the meantime, Andy, I assume we got a lot to do. Let's head over to the Admirals Club. All right. Wait, no, that's wrong. I, I was just kidding. <laughs> Cancel. Don't I, well, I'm not going to let I mean, finish. we can talk about whether we should watch the episode in the Admiral's Club oh, if here. you want. There's Matt, nothing that precludes you it. you have them watch this episode? Absolutely. It's a humdinger. Nice. Now we can go to the Admiral's Club. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, how do they get into the Admirals Club? Well, Andy, it's very simple. You just head over to iTunes. Well, that doesn't exist anymore. You head over to Apple Podcasts, and you leave a five-star review for this very podcast, and you will be allowed into the Admirals Club. Andy's drinking out of his Queen Mum mug. (laughs) You know, I I don't want to take sides, but I just think there's a lot of perspectives on that story. No, I don't. (laughs) I'm on my I assume my coworker Megan Markle's side 100%. I, I just I I just uh, I got to go ahead and assume Andy that that mug was manufactured before this. Someone who went to England got it for me. There you go. And I went and I honestly was just like 
why, why did you get me this? <laughs> she was like, I went to England. And I was like, all right. Look, I think if Cle- you're... Clearly, I have a, a limited supply of coffee cups. <laughs> I would argue I have too many. Um, no one's arguing. Really? Uh, no. Andy, who are our admirals for this year March podcast? Our first is Revolution382, who says, Welcome back, Matt. I'm old enough to remember when they went away for months. Calm down, noobs. Nothing can kill the Secunda, or apparently, Matt. <laughs> uh, you all all should be very excited to know that I'm, I got one more episode of the Goldbergs to film, and then Andy and I can start cranking these out like it's our only job. Because <laughs> it is. You, for someone for someone who uh, always gets overwhelmed very easily, you make lots of promises. <laughs> I do. That's that. You know, I like. And then to be, later you go, "Why did I say that?" I like to be accountable. You know. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm on board. I mean, the funniest thing is when we were recording in December, and I said maybe we'll get another one out before the new year, and then yeah. uh, we recorded one, and then I got COVID and didn't put it up until February. <laughs> yeah. Let's see what I happens mean, this predict. time. Life finds a way. Yes. That's probably not the right right phrase to use now. Thank you, Jeff um, Jason, son of dad, writes, who's an admiral? I'm an admiral. Give me all the pips you got. It's a good show. You're in the Animals <laughs> Club, buddy. Jason, son of dad. You have you, you uh, do get pips when you're uh, in the club. Uh, of course, they're 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 not physical pips. Uh, you just wear them with pride, uh, metaphorically, and uh, they are not rank bearing nor holding. They're emotional pips. Yeah, it's a good name for some book. Um, Admiral Chris uh, by Brokak writes: uh, My wife turned me into a Star Trek fan and introduced me to this podcast. I'll try to get her to leave a review as well so we can both be in the admiral's club together what a great date night admiral chris <laughs> it's a terrible date night. uh welcome to both of you glad to have you aboard um uh, yeah married couple on the enterprise i wonder if they have a kid well if they do there's plenty of facilities for them on the enterprise d you know is is uh is alexander maybe gonna try and bite one of them maybe who knows yeah, um, I hope your kid's better at uh, sculpting than Alexander. Boy, he worked real yeah. hard on that terrible looking thing. Long time, and really didn't. And then he's very, very defensive. Are about we it secretly too. a big Alexander podcast? Do we love Alexander Roshenko? <laughs> <laughs> it would. It would make less sense than the rest of our podcast if we just talked about everything from an Alexander eye view. <laughs> Um, D-Dog237 writes, Admirals Club, I'll put as much effort into my review as you guys do in putting on a great show. Secunda. I don't understand that. <laughs> He's saying Thank that you, Omar. Don't... Yeah, Omar is, is appalled. Omar disagrees. <laughs> sure. Or is Omar in whole, wholeheartedly agreeing? Who knows? Um, I think Omar wants me... To, give him an inch and take a mile. That's what I've learned with Omar. Because I opened the... Uh, the uh the sliding door so he can kind of look out the screen and smell the smells and now he's now he demands it every time he comes into the room <laughs> um demands, bring your own he, snacks. he demands you put in your dvd of sliding doors 
<laughs> that's what he wants. So, well, how, how would my life have turned out if you didn't adopt me? That's what I want to know. What if I didn't have, what if I didn't chase that piece of paper? What if I instead went and uh, slept on the blanket? <laughs> oh, same, huh? Well, you know. <laughs> um... I had a bad uh, experience with uh, with my uh, with my ex. Uh, it was uh, Sliding Doors was one of her favorite movies, and we watched it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't even get into my que- my all the stuff. I just asked a question mm-hmm. that was probably a leading question um, about the movie, and uh, she got real upset because she could sense me starting to do to it what you and i do to every star trek episode well look sometimes we do it out of love though sure yeah i agree omar omar's really um, really vocal today he is um uh, bring your own snacks from our good and loyal crew member erica vaniver um at erica laughing if you're looking for a podcast that will help you feel that you have two best friends that are comedy writers and that would do anything to make you laugh while exploring Star Trek and its themes, but probably would never share their food with you, then look no more. This is the podcast for you. I mean, it's an apt description of us and the show. It's pretty accurate. Yeah. Um, I can't thank it took you, Erica. This long to get in the Admirals Club, Erica. Yeah. I wonder if she wrote before. Maybe didn't. Uh, and I and I overlooked it. Jonathan, which will sometimes happen, you know. Jonathan Bremer uh, sent us a UK iTunes review, or I don't know if it's UK Apple Podcast now. Uh, as I've said before, if you're in uh, a foreign territory where that we will not see the uh, the reviews, feel free to put it on a different on a different uh, podcast app review mechanism, and or send us a uh, and not send Andor, us a picture. Not Endor. We don't get podcast reviews from Endor. <laughs> Is Endor a real thing? You know, it's a, it's got a forest moon. Return of the Jedi. There yeah, I you that. go. But, but what's... Uh, what did I say that pointed you towards Endor? You said Andor, but you said it in a way that sounded like Endor. I see. I got you. I missed my own pun. Pun blindness. It wasn't a pun. It was a... Well, if I said Andor and then you changed it to Endor, isn't that a little bit of a pun? Uh, okay. Or is that, a, is that a... What's a sound-alike thing? Onomatopoeia. Homonym? I don't know. Homonym? Um, I mean, Jonathan Bremer. Is it a Honeymooners reference? He writes to us, um, he's from the UK, exquisitely walking the line between polish and blunder. Matt and Andy truly are the heirs to the holy rings of podcasting. Reliving each podcast episode of TNG. Oh, sorry. Reliving each episode of TNG with these guys is a hoot. Andy's accent corner. Animo Andy, tú puedes. It's gonna be shit. There you go. That was your first dip into Andy's accent corner for the week. Could be more. You know, you guys have earned it. We've been off for a while. You deserve to hear me mangling an accent. Um, and here's another one. Let's see how I do with this one. It's also from the UK, I believe. Um, yes. Um... Matt and Andy's continuing bickering mission. Two friends, one podcast. Two friends watch episodes of TNG and discuss the episode and bicker, forget the order of the show after a couple hundred episodes and discuss good and bad pizza. Ben Miller from England. Ben Miller. Andy's accent corner. It's gonna be shit. 
really glad. That you know, you dropped multiple. the R in England, right? How do you, how would you say Ben Miller? Um, I mean, you could, you could really hit the R if you wanted to, and really, and say? really draw it out, Miller. Uh, but I mean, I don't know. How do you say? Yeah. <laughs> I'm confused. Really now. thinking about it. I guess you do. You want sort of drop the wanna, R? I'm not. I'm not. Does this, does this help, Matt? Does this oh. get help of the Queen Mom? Does this help? <laughs> uh. <laughs> I should reach out to Megan. You know, I should give her my support. She's probably wondering, what, where, how come Andy Secunda, who gave me a three-line job on a sitcom 10 years ago, 15 years ago, uh, why hasn't he reached out to tell me uh, he's on my side? You didn't give her five lines? I don't remember, actually. She was the love interest, and I believe that she was in a, a, um, a token booth uh, in like on the subway, like uh, the the sort of cashier on the subway, mm-hmm. whatever they're called, inside the booth. I think they call them booth hobbits. <laughs> <laughs> I'd enjoy that. Uh, that's it for the animals. She played quote, a my booth friend. goblet on my show. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember? You were the booth goblet. <laughs> what? No. <laughs> I think uh, the guy. The guy's problem was he had a crush on her, but he had that huge uh, bulletproof glass in between them, and, oh, and the, and the, and the so large hard to uh, speaker. So he, hard to it's hear. hard to. It's hard to flirt with someone that oh, way. Oh, talk about a meat cute. <laughs> At least I think that was our episode. All right, everybody, let's go to the president's circle. It's the President's Circle, a place so great that they keep getting podcasts when we neglect to do the regular one. That's right. Go to Patreon, support the show, and get four podcasts a month if you're a President's Circle member. Uh, Andy likes to uh, select what he describes as just the bee's knees of messages for the uh, for the week or month, and uh, we read them out loud here and give them the Christopher Pike Medal of Valor. Andy, who's getting one today? I got two of them, Matt. Uh, the first one is from Christopher Edwards, um, who writes, Just want to thank you guys for all you do, and I'm glad that the virus was not worse for you. I deliver oxygen, i.e. medical oxygen. Mm. I drive a semi with a big tanker trailer, and as you may have guessed, I've been getting overtime like crazy over the past year. The podcast keeps me laughing all day as I listen uh, to it between deliveries. Thanks for all you do. It makes the day go uh, by faster and more enjoyable. Thank you for being an essential person who's uh, helping everybody else breathe a little. Yeah. I I assume that that's instrumental in us getting our vaccines also, no? Or is that unrelated? The oxygen? Oh, liquid oxygen. Yeah, no, that wouldn't be. No, that's just, that's for people to be treated who get put on oxygen. To breathe, yeah. Okay. Um, if, uh, well, then never mind. Then I'm taking it back. <laughs> probably pretty sweet to have one of those tanks if you were a booth goblin. You know, just crack it open in the booth. Sure, sure. Get a, get a. You know, every time I've had occasion, I feel like I've told this story before. Someone called me out on telling my, um, what was the story I told recently that I've told before? I don't remember. Um, and so I'll probably tell it again. But um, uh, oxygen. 
any any time if you had occasion to have like an oxygen tank, I did when I when I performed comedy in Aspen, mm-hmm. and I was just like, oh my god, I feel like I'm alive for the first time, because they have them there because the air's so thin well, for the performers. Yeah, you could do the you could go go to an oxygen bar, you know, in Vegas. You could just sit there and just take oxygen in. Sounds pretty good. Have you had it? No. Take it when you find occasion. Go into the oxygen bar. Sweet. <laughs> I don't remember that story, so I don't know if you told it here. That wasn't the story. It was a different story oh. that I told another time. Well, That's why I was I wasn't sure if I told that guys, story too. Don't get on Andy for telling stories over and over again. Feel free to get am, on me. I don't care. I I need to know when I've already gone back to a story. But I'm a thousand percent sure I've done it too. I mean. There's not that much but I'm sure every time you listen to the same story from us, we find we've discovered nuances. We approach it from a different angle. <laughs> We're adding new tags. Um, We're just making it feel fresh. Our second Medal of Valor awardee is Lieutenant Mike Bunakli, who says, Hi, Andy and the other guy. I uh, just wanted to say a deep thank you to you guys for your constant podcasting, especially during this insane global time. I've written in before about how this podcast has helped me stay sane during a difficult period of my life from my wife's miscarriage of our first child in October uh, 2019 to her leukemia diagnosis in December 2019. In February 2019, we moved to Baltimore from Saudi Arabia, where she's from. I'm Swiss, Lebanese, and West African for her to get treatment at John Hopkins. Um, We've been in, but I read this on the Patreon, right? Or did I read this? I mean, on doesn't matter. Impact. Continue. We've been in Baltimore where she's been getting additional chemo treatment, and this pot has helped me cope with things as they progressed. Last January, her status was so bad, our doctor said she had a few weeks left to live. Jeez. And her blood, ser- uh, her blood was like syrup. It was so full of cancer cells. Trek has always been very special to me as I've never been part of a majority throughout my life of being biracial. Groups always try and claim you, but you are nevertheless an outsider. Trek has been one of those things that I was able to connect to people with throughout my life and find common ground on, a.k.a. Cisco, greater than Janeway, greater than Picard. You're throwing a real I mean, controversial an statement in the middle of a order. I don't disagree yeah. with your end result, but... <laughs> Um, you guys should check out DS9. It's possibly some of the best Trek and some of the best TV out there, especially after season three onwards. We're going to soon mm-hmm. when we're done with season seven. Um, with COVID hitting the U.S. Uh, a few weeks after we arrived for my wife's inpatient admission, I was not allowed to be with her during her chemo treatment or even enter the hospital. I'm so sorry. So I would wait at our apartment or in the car for her to call me to pick her up um, where she would be shattered weak and nauseous every day has been a struggle for the past year but you guys have helped me disconnect just a little from the reality of what i was dealing with while i could wrap myself in the security blanket that is trek and the arguments of it all also that i can come back to my wife a little energized and not fraught with anxiety so she can rely on me to be the strong one throughout this fast forward to this month and our doctor has given my wife a clean bill of health and we are finally allowed to go home for maintenance treatments over the next few years. But at least we can be at home and comfortable with our friends and family. Thank you guys for podcasting and keep on keeping on. Um, and that is from Mike Bunackley. I wish Mike was like, well, now that she's healthy, I don't need this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm out. Maybe he is like that. Maybe that's his final hail. 
That's his farewell hail. Thank you, gentlemen. I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, I no longer need to listen to this idiocy that has sucked so much of my time away from me. I'm so sorry you and your wife went through all that, Mike, and uh, so glad to uh, have given you any relief during such an impossible period. Um, and uh, I also want to extend to everyone out there, it has been a rough year for so many people, and many people have written in, and some of them, it, it felt like they, it, like it wasn't even appropriate to read their hails because some of the hails were so personal. Um, or they didn't specify, and so I just didn't want to assume. And uh, just uh, just want to throw out that we're we're thankful to be of any use to anyone, and um, hope you're all struggling through along with us in this difficult time for everyone. And I know that you have. If, you know, yeah, go ahead. The more difficult time you're having, I would say, the more episodes of us you should listen to. Yeah, I, would I mean, maybe get a Sonos and just put us through that the entire house. I mean, I guess I would say keep an eye on your mental health during that no, no, and no. sort of see just if it's helping or it's not helping. Everybody, listen to us. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um. All right. What else have we got here? So that's it. For, now we're in the priority one messages proper. Those all two were uh, medals of valor. That is priority access to the hail bag, which is given to those who are in the Patreon. Priority one message from Starfleet coming in on secured channel. All right, Andy, who is the first priority one message from? Lieutenant Andrew Gibson writes, and this is in regards to second chances. Double your Riker, uh, double your fun. Wouldn't new Riker be eligible for the same promotion old Riker got for being brave during the evacuation? <laughs> this is a really good point. Yes. And yet, it seems like he's like, ah, all this time is lost, and now who am I? When, in fact, he could just go, he could get an immediate promotion. What if they were up. like, ooh, it was worth one promotion, not two. Um, You're over our promotion cap. Can you guys split this pip? <laughs> we're going to give you an emotional pip, Thomas. <laughs> it's like you're in the Admirals Club. What? <laughs> Uh, Andy Puckett, TNC's resident astrophysicist, who really offers a good deal of useful information inside the Patreon. Um, he says there should be some kind of award for surviving eight years on a decaying station. Although, shouldn't Tom have realized eight, the eight-year transporter window was coming back around and had some ingenious plan for getting out or at least calling for help? Also, if the transporter beam has the matter stream in it, and that got split into two Rikers. Shouldn't six three Frakes have come out more like five feet tall and half the mass? Maybe he's like a chocolate Easter bunny. <laughs> he's only made out of chocolate? He's just on the inside. It's hollow. <laughs> That's going to be very dangerous around Deanna. I can tell you that. She is I'm gonna... not saying he's made out of chocolate, Eddie. I'm just saying he might be hollow on the inside. Oh, I, oh, I see. I would prefer it if he somehow got bounced back and then he's chocolate Riker when he comes up. <laughs> he's going to have so many more problems than Riker. If it gets warm, he might start melting. Deanna's going to take a, a bite out of him. Um, first time she's depressed. Live Long and Dad podcast writes, they should have kept Thomas on the Enterprise, some shit job on Deck 29. Once every few episodes, you see him walking by as Beverly and Jordy do a walk and talk. No lines, just freaks and cold <laughs> in the background. That's a really funny idea. 
<laughs> I don't hate it. Hey, hey, how are you guys uh, doing? Excuse us. Excuse us. Anyway, Deanna. Um, Eric Peebles writes, does Starfleet have transporter duplicate protocols? Say the second beam they use bounced back and both Rikers materialized on the ship. How do you determine who the real Riker is? Who gets his job? Who gets his stuff? I think at that point they just go into the matter stream to get, like, they'd just be put back together. You know what I mean? Like Kirk and the enemy within. Yeah, 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 actually. But, yeah. But you can't do that. They have different... What you mean just what would no, happen in the if memories? If they both ended up on the same, you know, he said if they both ended up on the ship. I see. That would be the same instant. You know what I mean? Can you do that? After they're both matter, can you then squeeze them both into one person? Tuvix? Yeah, that's fair. You know that episode uh, everyone loves, uh, Tuvix? <laughs> It's interestingly most many of Matt's responses to my questions are Tuvix. <laughs> <laughs> um, Lieutenant Neil Stud Lambda One writes inside baseball question: If Thomas Riker were to show up in a future episode, would the writers of Second Chances get the character payment? This is our classic question. Or, as he's literally a copy, would it not count as a new character? While you're thinking, Matt... I think it would be a different character. Right. Do you think they would give it to you? The character payment? Yeah. Yes. Um, because I wrote our, our friend Christine Boylan, a uh, talented hour-long writer and fan of the show for reasons that are beyond me, and uh, I asked her what her take was, and she said, I'm sure the writer would have asked for a separate character payment, and I'm sure the studio would have used the loophole, same actor, to get out of paying it. <laughs> which is that's where I sort of landed on it too. <laughs> I was like, I can imagine myself demanding it, and I can imagine whoever the line producer is going like, nah, we're not giving it to you. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Lieutenant Cam writes, Tom Riker does not look or act like a man who has spent eight years on his own. That's a very, very long time. He should have huge issues that he doesn't seem to have. Leaving that aside, he says the replicators weren't working for years. What's he been eating? Did they have emergency rations on the station? Enough to feed one guy for eight years, really? What about drinking water? No way has he been there for almost a decade. Transporter copy my butt. He's a changeling spy and they just fell for it, <laughs> suckers. Maybe they had enough <laughs> rations to feed eight people for one year, so he was fine. Oh yeah, good point, Matt. That's actually a really good fix. Matt fixed it. Mm -hmm. Lieutenant Andrew Gibson uh, tags on to that. Uh, honestly, the more I think about it, the more I feel they missed the mark with where to put the emphasis on the story. The setup is good, and it really should have been about a searing drama about the Starfleet HR processes that would have to swing into place to deal with all the fallout from this. What is New Riker's back pay? What if he sues for being abandoned? What if old... Uh, Riker sues for being accidentally cloned. Disciplinary processes for the misuse of a phaser. For the purposes of art, it would have been riveting. <laughs> so true. David Landau writes, uh, an exact duplicate of Will Riker. Man, if Thomas Riker had a family, uh, that will surely come in handy if Will and Troy ever have a child who ends up with a fatal illness and needs a transplant from a relative with a specific blood type in a future television show. Cough, cough. <laughs> 
I knew you'd enjoy that one. Uh, that show. <laughs> uh, when is that coming back, or is it just completely off They're the rails now, now with that They're COVID? Oh, they are. Wow. I know I saw uh, I Patrick Stewart got got his vaccine. They shut down, huh? I think, and a bunch of them got the vaccine. Like, they had to do a shutdown, and then a bunch of them oh. got the vaccine. But I think they're back in production right now. When they got their vaccines, do you think it went... I don't think it was a hypo spray, Andy. <laughs> no? Nah. Yeah. Too bad. But if it was, whoever was administering it could have done that noise, though. <laughs> That's what I would have done. Um... Maladin from Michigan writes, not a Star Trek TNG question, but unsure where to post it. I'd really like to know how Matt feels about the Frasier revival coming. I'm confused by it. Um, I'm interested. I, it's it's not, I don't know. I feel like once it's like not the same people doing it, like writing it, it just will become a different beast. You know, John Mahoney's no longer with us. That show really hinged on that sort of relationship. The upper tier people aren't coming back. Uh, I don't. They haven't announced anybody but Kelsey Grammer. Hmm. And the showrunners, I think, one's from How I Met Your Mother, and the other's uh, something else. But also, I was like, Chris Lloyd's around. The Modern Family's over. Why doesn't Chris Lloyd go back and make it great? I hear it starts with him on a winery and um, <laughs> there are these two caretakers with him and uh, he used to work at the radio station mm-hmm. and, um, you know, he's being interviewed about, you know, he's got a his dog responsibility he, for named, destroying Romulus. <laughs> he's named Sam Malone. <laughs> That's right. Um, that is it for the Priority One messages, and we're into the hail bag proper. What if the new Fraser he had, like, some sort of concussion and then thinks he's uh, the captain of the USS Bozeman? <laughs> oh, man. Let's write that up. <laughs> uh, all right. Let's get out of here. Captain, we are being hailed. What's up, regular folk? What do you have to say? John Chataway says, Welcome back. Hey, Matt and Andy. First off, welcome back, Matt. Glad you've recovered. Most importantly, as a fellow food lover, I'm glad you never lost your sense of taste. I've heard that's the worst. But you did, didn't you, Matt? No, I didn't. I lost my sense of smell. Oh. Doesn't the taste go with the smell? A little bit. Like 40% or so. But the smell started to come back, and here we are. We sure are. Uh, I wanted to chime in on two quick observations after rewatching, listening to Second Ch- the Second Chances pod, if you remember that one at all. Uh, number one, when Data asks Worf if he thought he'd get along with his double, a lot of people wrote into this uh, uh, regarding this, uh, I thought this was a missed opportunity for Worf to ask the same of Data since he's met Lore and how that went over. A lot of people said that. And a lot of people referred to the other, the many other twins and how none of them ever came up many other twins the other doubles and stuff over time oh yeah 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 like uh, when when Picard met that that Picard that was six hours in the future back in the first season yeah remember that one that was one of the better ones of the first uh, maybe that was the second season yeah Pulaski Mm. was in it that was second season Mm. um yeah they they were shouting at each other right what they were supposed to do yes or am I thinking of a different one yeah um and I'm trying to also think I do that in my own head who else had a double myself Troy have a double no 
refresher no anyway yes lore b4 b4 the other androids probably jeffy jeffy um number two he says piggybacking off your wish that picard interacted with and emphasized with micro uh, empathized rather with micro what is going on and empathized with Riker, Riker, Miker, more, I thought sharing his experience as Lieutenant Picard in Tapestry would have made a lot more sense. It's true. You know, Thomas, I once uh, was given a second chance at life by an omnipotent <laughs> being. And, uh, it was the worst. I'll I was Lieutenant you. Junior Grade. I'll Can you. you imagine? It sucked. It sucked real bad. Uh, I had a, I had a, science division uniform on and no one liked me you get hey it. in regards in reference to that uh i'm gonna read this hail uh from ben plevin i hope it's plavin could be plavin um cliff plavin um and he says hi andy i worked at wizard and toy fair magazines in the 90s and was in charge of getting exclusive products like comics and action figures i eventually went on to a, a career in toys that is currently stalled. Uh, but the first toy I ever developed was the Playmates Toys Tapestry 2 Lieutenant Junior Grade uh, JG Picard. Uh, I sent one uh, oh, I sent wow. one each of you for Matt uh, to add to your collections. I don't know if you opened it yet, Matt. Mine is sitting right in front of me. That's in the trunk of the car. I better go grab that. Um, I was so delighted. Uh, thank you, Matt. Uh, Ben for sending it uh, to others. Is, some people have been so nice and looking up our P.O. box and dutifully letting me know when they've sent wow. stuff. Wow, that is that's but, the key there. But I have been avoiding the post office because of COVID for a bit, so sometimes things bounce back to you and I'm terribly sorry. And if you want to give it another shot, just reach out to me through the through the email, and, and we'll see if we can figure out a, a better uh, form of getting it to it. Uh, otherwise, also, hopefully soon, I'll be back to just popping in on the post office. Um, and if you would like to check out Ben Plavin's amazing toy designs, um, look up www.zenjamindesign, Z-E-N-J-A-M-I-N-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. Um his other toy designs are there. He's done these awesome, hilarious mashups of Star Wars and Star Trek that delighted me. Um, check him out. Um, all right. Kalinda. Oh, so here we go. Um, Nurky on Twitter yeah. asked us to talk about this uh, and sent us this article. I don't know if you'd seen this. Kalinda Vasquez, set by Paramount to script original Star Trek movie. Vasquez has written on Star Trek Discovery. Insider said that this is a blind deal for an original movie that she hatched, one that expands her role in the Trek universe. Vasquez was a co-executive producer on Fear the Walking Dead. She also got her name from the original Star Trek series um, after a character from the second season episode by any other name. The character's name was Kalinda. Um, do you know anything about did, that? Like, got her name. Like, her parents were big Trekkies too, or had she taken a? Did she take a different name because the guild already had a Vasquez? <laughs> That's a good question. Uh, honestly, I, it doesn't specify. I assume that her parents were Trekkies. Mm. 
I'd like to know. Yeah, I t- can tell you if she if she did it herself, I kind of respect it that she's just like this is the this is the genre direction I want to go in. This isn't going to hurt me. That's someday funny. I'm going to get a giant movie deal from this. Um, did I hear? And that's that? why my new name is Star Wars Secunda. Uh, did the. Did she... I'm going to change my name to Marvel Secunda. Is she writing... Is it for Paramount Plus? I heard they were doing that instead. Oh, of the movie? Is this an old tweet that has been altered since then? No, no. No, I don't think so. Oh. I'm just going with my bits and pieces of information that I somehow gather from... It seemed from what I read... not going on social media. (laughs) In this particular article, it seemed like it was saying it was going to be in the JJ universe, but maybe I'm, maybe I'm off base. All right, JJ universe. <laughs> this is why me. we don't touch the the Star Trek news. Um, but there you go. You wanted us to discuss it. We, now we have. We have, and we are. Um, then there's a voice hail from our good friend Cosmo. Um, you can find his Twitter feed at Starfleet Panels. Hang on, I'm, I'm busy. I'm still I'm now reading about this. Oh, okay, no problem. I can. Article here. Uh, I'll read this, uh, which which is uh, sort of an add-on to the Nurky thing from Jeremy Sims. So think about this: What if Picard never actually left the Nexus? All of the following movies and the Picard series are just Picard living out his dreams in the Nexus. Jeremy, I think that would be enormously depressing. If those are the things that he's dreaming of, <laughs> Jeremy. Uh, hang on, hang on. All right, take your time. Still reading, still reading. Um, if you want to open up the face group, I can. I'm busy, still busy. All right, I'm just going <laughs> to read the face group. I'm going to read the face group thing while you're doing that. Look, I'm, I'm, um, uh, this is March 4th. This uh, set by Paramount to script original Star Trek movie. I just don't understand what that means. I mean, it's got to be... Oh, JJ's bad robot is producing. That's what I said. So it'll be in... So, yeah. you. So Kelvin... It sounds Kelvin-y, right? Yeah. I mean, I assume... I don't know. Who knows? It might be a, a weird multiverse type thing, but... You know what? Soft pass. <laughs> it's not very much information you're passing on. It's not entirely fair. Kalinda, use your use your namesake to go put it back in the prime universe. Thank you. <laughs> look, if you look at my name, you know I know Star Trek. I do. And I want to put I'm it back in the prime universe. Yeah. Kalinda, I think you know Star Trek. So please do me a favor. Put it back. Put it back together. Yeah. That would be crazy. That would be so interesting. So if you went back to the Prime Universe, would you go back to the TNG cast and just go, what would you do? Yeah, is it, but I mean, you could go Is so it basically many... Picard the thing that is exploring that universe at this point? Uh, I don't count that. But you can't. I mean, I guess you could do a, like a Wharf movie or something, but you're gonna have Patrick Stewart in it. No, why not? Why not? Like, why not go the other way? Why not uh, pick up, uh, you know, Calmini? Why not do an O'Brien Bashir movie? No one would see it. That's why. Uh, That's why. Yeah. 
no appeal. I mean, you would. It has no appeal whatsoever. <laughs> the people listening to this podcast would. But um, open up the face group if you would. I I will. I I only have the Facebook close. Uh, All right. Well, well, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll get it. Find it. There it is. Photoshop Matt with Data's cat. And who put Andy's face on that? Just take a look. It's on Facebook. It's in our face group. This, of course, refers to our Facebook group that I mistakenly called a face group. You can find it. There's delightful people in there. Here's the evidence from a hail. Uh, from Rosa Murio. Sorry. Murio. That's it. Um, hello, Andy and Matt. I'm writing to you to make you aware of something amazing that happened on the face group this week. I had recently made the most awful mistake a mom can make. I took a box of old toys to Goodwill that inadvertently had my son's favorite Nintendo video game in it. I always hoped I wouldn't be that mom. When it went missing and he couldn't find his game, he was brokenhearted and I felt awful. I tried placing it, but it's an older game that isn't made anymore. I couldn't find a used one anywhere, and although... There were a couple of on eBay. I've been burned by fake games there before and didn't want to risk it. So I turned to my fellow Trekkies for help, posted a message about all this, asking if anyone had this game lying around uh, that wouldn't mind me buying from them. I can't count all the messages of support I got and ideas on how to resolve this. Uh, There were people contacting other friends who may have it. There were moms looking in their kids' stash. There was someone who suggested downloading a copy online, etc. But one person in particular stood above everyone else. Lieutenant Commander D. David Nettleton messaged me that he had a game. Uh, Not only did he find it, but he put it on his DS to make sure it worked. Took pictures of it, told me that he could send it to us without expecting any payment. Didn't even let me pay for postage. So for this reason, on behalf of the Society of Mothers of the Federation, I would like to bestow Lieutenant Commander D. David Nettleton with the Luxana Troy Medal of Valor and Sacred Chalice (laughs) of Ricks for outstanding bravery and going above and beyond the call of duty. I thought you guys might want to know what an awesome group of fans you have and how we have each other's backs. Thank you, face group. You guys are the best. All the best. Rosa Murio. Well, that is just some face group kindness being spread right there. It's very nice to hear. There's a delightful group of people. Nothing but good vibes in there. Please check it out. And uh, the, only, the only adjustment I have to make is, uh, as far as I know, uh, uh, David Nettleton has not been uh, elevated to the rank of lieutenant commander. <laughs> I mean, you, can give him, you can give him your Luxana Troy Medal of Valor. but Again, uh, your pips will be... <laughs> Not emotional. Yeah, they're emotional <laughs> pips. Let's remember that. They're not. Um, uh, that's it for the face group. They're not for. They're not for ranks. <laughs> they're just for emotions. Thank you. Just feel them. Don't use them. This is the end of the face group section for Star Trek: The Next Conversation. Everyone is bringing it to your attention. So back to the rest of the programmation. Uh, and then this is from Blake MP. Uh, thank God for mistakes. My toddler is speech delayed and often has to find alternative ways to communicate. However, my favorite sound of the world, uh, in the world, is his laughter. 
even when I don't quite understand what's so funny. For some reason, one of the things that makes him laugh every time is the prime corrective jingle. Matt and Andy, thanks for all the mistakes. Keep them up. Eddie loves them, and I love him. Uh, thanks, Omar. Time for retrospective. There you go, Eddie. That one's for you. And uh, since we are in prime corrective territory now, here are a couple. Uh, Neil Studd writes, prime ace of base corrective. <laughs> Got this from a couple of people. Uh, in all that she wants, they're not singing about wanting a literal baby. They're using the word in its Kojak sense. Uh, baby. Uh, you finally found the one thing that I love almost as much as Trek. I am an unashamed Ace of Base superfan who generally, genuinely ranks them as the greatest Swedish band of all time above ABBA. And then uh, somebody else, a few other people kind of uh, piped in that they might have a history of neo-Nazism, but nonetheless, super catchy <laughs> pop hits. Can't deny it. <laughs> um, and then the other one is uh, from our good friend, loyal crew member, and uh, frequent musical contributor, uh, Nacho Lopez Echeverria, um, who writes us, uh, The Two Rikers and The Transporter. He'd written this, this, this a long time ago, and he explained it to me uh, in a way that my dumb head could understand. The answer Matt wants, colon, no, they don't explain uh, about how this could happen in the episode. Uh, my answer, we know that the transporter moves the person's particles in energy form, and with a second stream, that is codified to remake the person. The matter is the same one that the person had in the beginning, and if a 1% of the uh, person's matter is missing during transport, bad luck. So the only answer is that one of them, or half of both, were remade or completed with matter from the storm, which was exactly in the transporter frequency because it is exactly the kind of energy slash matter reaction that the transporter turns people into. This may be the shortest science answer I've given to you. Uh, and I'm sure you both have read this. Um, oh, yes. Uh, I've been cast as Rutherford on the Spanish version of Lower Decks. It has already been released here with my voice in it. Uh, hugs. Congratulations on the last uh, piece of information, Nacho. That's got to be exciting. You're part of canon now, Spanish canon. Spanon. <laughs> is that Spanon? It is. Uh, that is it. If you would like to send us a prime corrective, a hail, what have you, send it to sttncpod at gmail.com. Uh, you can find Matt uh, at Matt Myra on Instagram and Twitter. You can find me on Instagram at Andrew Secunda and on Twitter at Secunda. If you'd like, send us a vo Oh, we forgot to play our voice hail. Well, we can do that right now. All right. There's a voice hail in today's sounds if you want to. Good news, everybody. There's a voice hail in today's sounds. I'm going to find it right now i think that was what cosmo our friend cosmo that was i don't know what i said after that i don't know if i was distracted or if i read something else from him cosmo second chances voicemail this one it is this one here we go hi andy it's cosmo so listening to the most recent regular tng episode and you mentioned how excited you are for d space nine 
Deep Space Nine is my favorite Star Trek, but stick with it. The first season and a half, two seasons, not very good. Uh, I would put That's it true. right there with uh, season yeah. one of TNG in uh, terms of quality. But once it hits season three, it really hits its stride, and it is the best. Also, I'm very interested in you guys going into season seven of TNG. I have often said season seven, worse than season one. So it's when you guys are all statement. done in, what is it, 27 weeks, <laughs> I would love to compile the average Andes and see what your guys' take is. Is uh, season one better or season seven better? Because there are some real stinkers coming up. And uh, I'm glad you guys are back. Glad you've stayed away from COVID. Bye-bye. Thank you. Yeah, so, look, I got to tell you, season seven does have some miraculous clunkers, like things that are like, I cannot believe that this is in the seventh season of a show. Really? Yeah, it's real bad. But then yeah, it also has some been, greats. It also has some great episodes. There's been talk of terrible episodes in season seven, and I and I certainly understand that. But it's just shocking to have a statement be worse than season one because it feels to me in season six like oh these people are operating on all cylinders. So you have some episodes that are like all right, well that's that's a miss as would be in any season yeah. where you're doing 26 episodes but uh but it's got uh masks and sub rosa in it so yeah you know sub rosa can't wait for that one people talk about it you should. constantly you should wait anyway that's it for the hail bag that is it for the hail bag let's close the hail bag everybody with that famous closing sound <laughs> we play every time bam. the hail bag bam, closes bam, bam, bam. frequencies closed sir Okie dokie. Here we are. It's time to talk about it. It is uh, Timescape. That's right. June 14th, 1993. Andy, what was happening? The number one song in the U.S., Matt, was That's the Way Love Goes by Janet Jackson. Well, there we go. That's the way love goes, and that's the way so do we go. Love me some Janet Jackson. Number one song in the UK. Oh, this is Guys, the, uh, your classic this is the story portion of the story video. portion like, with her dancers and they're kind of ribbing her. And uh, number one song in the UK. I can't help falling in love with you by UB40. Uh, number one movie. Can you guess? 1993. What month was this? June. Jurassic 14th. Yep. Uh, number one book, Bridges Madison County by Robert James Waller. Births, uh, no births. Uh, there, were, there were no births that week. Wild, wild. Children, oh, that is children of shocking. Men I would right think there. that would have brought up more. They had a whole children of men thing going on there. Uh, deaths that week, writer William Golding, Lord of the Flies um, events. Bulls win their third consecutive NBA championship over the Phoenix Suns. I remember being very upset. I was a Knicks fan. Um, Prince changes his name to an unpronounceable symbol. That's right. What a genius that guy was. Hey, that's it. All righty. Oh, I hear my pull filter just 
humming along in the loudest way possible. Jordy, fix the pull filter. Uh, I use a uh, artificial singularity for my full pull filter. So <laughs> That's very evolved. Hopefully nothing is trying to incubate in there. Yeah. All right, Andy, it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Did you know that? I knew that. Uh, Frank Sinatra, cool. come on. Da, 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 da. It's time for that segment everybody hates. <laughs> time for Frank Sinatra, come on. That's right, everybody. It's time for Frank Sinatra, come on. There I play the song. Everyone's happy. Baby, Andy, what was going on with the chairman of the board? Well, Matt, uh, Frank had just finished up four concerts over three days at Westbury Music Fair on Long Island. Reviewer Wayne Robbins lamented the performance, saying it was agony to watch the greatest entertainer of our lifetime stumble around the stage, unable to read the seven oversized video screens that coached him with the lyrics. Ooh, what a downer. <laughs> I feel like we might be heading into a trouble period for Frank Sinatra. Come on. The guys had a run that is unparalleled, but uh, everybody's got to got to slow down at some point look every it's bizarre that it's 1993 and every week he still has something he was doing it's true lieutenant commander ken Molay did uh give me a heads up as we were heading into season seven just like there might be uh might be some slowdowns here <laughs> he's gonna fill it in with other with information about frank here and there all right uh so this episode was uh directed by adam nimoy and uh written by brandon braga and here is the plot from Larry Nemechek's book, Star Trek The Next Generation Companion Revised Edition. Returning by runabout from a conference, Troy, Picard, Data, and LaForge are puzzled by time freezing and speeding up around them until they discover it's due to temporal pockets that their runabout must dodge. Even more shocking, they find the starship likewise frozen in time before a Roman warbird. A disruptor bolt partway to the starship's half-raised shields, Riker ha- had reported moving to help a stricken warbird but by adapting emergency transporter armbands to create skin tight force fields of real time Picard and the others board the Enterprise where they find freeze fame signs of apparent Romulan boarding and a warp core breach in progress visiting the warbird they find an odd alien vortex in the engine core after Data's tricorder sets off the vortex and time races forward and backward only to freeze again with the Enterprise exploding and reforming they try to shift time backwards far enough to prevent the breach Meanwhile, an alien from another time dimension reveals it is his young who are in the vortex, accidentally attracted to the core's artificial singularity. Uh, they are the cause of the time pockets. Time is reset successfully, but one of the aliens distracts data long enough to allow the breach to reform. Picard has the runabout steered into the transfer beam path to break its path, sending the aliens back to their time and restoring his own. At the uh, Oh, that's it. I read that pretty quickly. Okay. Timescape, Andy. Timescape starts with uh, some some feline violence. I hope you're okay with it. No, I'm not. <laughs> oh, you really did it this time, Will. I mean, this is not just a scrape. This is a very deep cut. Well, I can heal it, of course. But you've got to stop playing Parisi squares as if you're 21 years old. It was Ambo Jitsu. I wasn't playing Parisi Squares. Worf's calisthenic program. No. I give up. What was it? I was trying to feed Spot. Data's cat? I told him I would feed him while he was gone. 
was putting down the bowl of food. The next thing I know, there's a hissing ball of fur coming at my face. I hate cats. I love cats. You know, you just got to know how to handle them. There you have it, Andy. You. It's really interesting. Crusher more than Riker. Clearly. It's very interesting that Riker is is, uh, that anti-cat. I would think he would be the kind of person who would get along with all animals. Well, maybe in his, like, you know, pizza pizza making time he has. You know, he's become a Dr. Doolittle of sorts. But here, <laughs> it, here it seems like he's, uh, he's like, meh. No yeah, thanks. No, no thanks. He's not a, not a cat person. No thanks, it's meow cool. meows. <laughs> it's, I, one thing that did occur to me is it's interesting that Data chose him when he doesn't like cats. I think it, it would traditionally like fall to Jordy. Uh-huh. Now, I feel like he would go to Worf for it for some reason. Worf probably is like a. Did, hasn't he asked Worf to take care of him in the past? Yeah, because he gave him directions of, and you must say you're a pretty kitty. And Worf was like, I get it. Hmm. Well, maybe Worf was like busy taking hiding. care of his child. Maybe he's hiding. Yeah, that's true. How long before we rendezvous with Captain Picard? Approximately thirteen hours. Lay a course for the Romulan ship. Let's put up the shields and go to red alert. I want to be ready for anything. Aye, sir. I'll fire photo torpedo so they arrive before we do. Four six nine four four point two. Commander Data, Mr. LaForge, Counselor Troy, and I are en route to the Enterprise after attending a three-day conference on the psychological effects of long-term deep space assignments. Computer, activate automatic helm control. Helm control activated. I was just leaving the reception. What do you think of this runabout set? It's huge. Yeah. That's because that's, <laughs> Jesus. that's all Deep Space Nine had was runabouts. They didn't have a ship until they got the... Uh... Why are they ever in one of those 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 tiny little shuttles if they got this thing lying around? I know. They, so they had this model built and they had the set built. So they were like, let's use it. Somebody must have signed this this baby out on the Enterprise a lot because <laughs> it's never available. <laughs> when this Katarian walks up to me and says, Hello, Diane. I understand your I empath. <laughs> I'm a very sensitive man myself. It's like a little bit I'm of a Scottish accent. I'm on interspecies mating rituals. Would you care to join me in some empirical research (laughs) that's a very good impression of dr mizan how did you know he's notorious but he really is an expert on interspecies mating practices did you help him with his research i'm not sure where jordy was falling on that story with that statement (laughs) he's like obviously thought he was just coming on to you but he really just wanted to do research Kind of uh, not fully taking Deanna's the the side there. To be honest, <laughs> they all just laugh at it. It's true. <laughs> 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 then what happened? <laughs> I was bored. I spent most of my time at Professor Wagner's philobiology seminar. I thought the idea of the seminar was that we would all participate, bring different points of view to the discussion. He gathered 200 scientists from all over the Federation. And all he did was put us to sleep. I have a memory record of the entire lecture, Counselor. I could repeat the portions you missed. No, you... thank you, Data. Uh, First season, Data. 
it, you know, just when it suits the joke. <laughs> Everyone's doing impressions in this Those episode. Topic so that no one had a chance yeah. to interrupt. It was really quite hypnotic. <laughs> well, I had a great time. Data's not impressed with their impressions. Fascinating. I actually had an opportunity to touch a plasma field. Really? Surprise, surprise. What was it like? Data got to touch a plasma field in Jordan, yeah, and so it was really working for him. <laughs> Jordy was never felt more alive, I'm going to guess. And then the plasma field came up to me, and it was like, hey, good looking. What you got cooking? How's about cooking some of that up for me? It was warm. And, oh, and there was this amazing tingling sensation. That Oh, I'm sure there was, Jordy. Like how they just froze the image. They didn't bother having him just stand there. Well, it would have probably Data. moved around like Jordy's doing in this watch. <laughs> He's got to breathe. <laughs> Through my chest, it was incredible. It was like taking a bath in, in pure energy. It was not painful? Oh, no. I... Counselor? Is there something wrong? I'm not sure. Oh, I love it. There's the hook. Yeah. And that's where the credits are, right? That's where the yes. title is? Yes. Great cold open. I love a great cold open. I love a great time, uh, you know, Star Trek bullshit time show. Yeah. And that's exactly well, what this is. There are no physiological anomalies. If something did happen, it didn't leave any biological traces. How long did it appear to you that we were frozen? I don't know, four, maybe five seconds. I was so happy that it's so quickly, they so quickly experienced it. And that it wasn't a kind of thing where, like, we had to wait for Deanna to go through it a couple more times before they believed her. Oh, definitely, <laughs> for sure. It really is interesting when you compare a move like that to the moves, which usually happen earlier in a series where it's like, but you don't I mean we were just frozen come on like it's just like it feels like you're carrying weight up a mountain when they have the extra beats it's like alright just take the extra time for them to convince like, that person we all know what has just to happen you have to believe them for the story to move forward but instead right. we're just gonna stall we had to freeze well um frankly in this case about... <laughs> just to go in the opposite direction it feels like they don't think they don't give as much weight to the possibility that uh, it might have just been in her head and somehow. Like, there's some weird thing going on in her head. Yeah, but you gotta, you gotta, you know, I guess eliminate everything else. About what yeah, it felt fair. like to touch the plasma field. And you were taking... He was about to creep us out. Did you sense something from any of us at that time? Any unusual emotion? Not a thing. I was Did you notice how good my impression was? <laughs> I'll do it again. <laughs> Maybe my impression was so good it stopped time. The last few days have been exhausting. Side Maybe note, in that moment there, yeah. um, she taps her, her cheek the same bro. way that she taught Barkley to do. She's plexing, you know? Oh, there's another I, possibility, Counselor. I love it. I love the this continuity. Could be nothing more than sim. Oh, oh. You're right, Counselor. Then some what, what Captain? Happened? 
who were motionless for three minutes, 11 seconds. They all made funny faces in front of you. Do you remember anything? No. One second I was talking to you, and the next you were all standing around me. Wait a second. This is weird. I love the, uh, the Star Trek trope of uh, <laughs> your brain patterns have accumulated three minutes of memories. <laughs> I didn't quite... You've aged... Uh, you should have aged only 12 seconds, but you've aged 63 seconds. It said something... The, the math that he said is like there's a difference of like three seconds or something. What is that from? I'm going to try to run a comparison between the bioscan I took on you earlier and the one I ran just now. In the time between the two scans, you should have aged 23 minutes. But according to your cellular decay levels... You've only aged 20 minutes. How do you account she for was just frozen for three minutes. Oh, she was frozen for three minutes. Yes. For Counselor Troy, for three minutes, time just stopped. Mr. Data, contact the Enterprise. Tell Commander Riker to meet us at the rendezvous point as soon as possible. Tell Commander Riker we found the A story. <laughs> <laughs> Bring the ship here. <laughs> well, I'm almost positive. It's, I mean... <laughs> Unless something really huge is going on on the Enterprise. At, fa- at first I thought, no, we're definitely the B story. We're in this tiny ship. <laughs> Have him scan the region for temporal anomalies. We're just telling stories. It's more of a character thing, really. Systems are operational. The fuel is just gone. Jordy, I believe I have an explanation. I loved that. According loved to it. the plasma conversion center. The cell just drained. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, that's, that's a that's right. a great sci-fi operation for forty-seven days. Forty-seven heightening days. the crisis detail. Uh, let's check that sensor. It must be malfunctioning. I'll check the fuel consumption logs. So does that mean that they were frozen for forty-seven days? No, just that Nacelle hit that pocket. That's why they started spinning. Oh, so that advanced so and went forward. Hit a I got gotcha. Accelerated time. Gotcha. Extending outward from the hull approximately 17 meters from the ship. That would cover the starboard nasal. No wonder it used up all its fuel. Check the hull integrity. Here's a question. Mm -hmm. It does not appear to be affected. Isn't it the creatures in the Romulan ship that caused this? Yes. So how come it's affecting them now? Oh, they're getting closer to the ship. I see. They're okay. getting closer to the rendezvous. Right. Miss LaForge, see if you can move us away from the disturbance. I see. This is a heavy button episode. Yes, Miss LaForge. The sensors are picking up temporal disturbances throughout the region. Different configurations different sizes they're everywhere who do you think was the best button episode uh, right around the show uh i mean i feel like the button is really going to be down to the director and the actors themselves like how many buttons they're going to hit it's really more of a director and actors medium yeah buttoning there on the port nacelle the warbird doesn't look to have sustained any damage at all wonder if the Enterprise even had time to get off a shot. The Romulans could have decloaked before the Enterprise had a chance to respond. There's a second energy beam. It's coming from the Enterprise deflector. You know, the biggest that thing in front of us? That could be. <laughs> it's impossible to tell that. from a visual inspection. 
However, it appears to be focused on the Warbirds engineering section. We're not going to be able to determine anything from here. We need to get on board the Enterprise. That would be inadvisable, sir. In each of the three instances we came into contact with one of the temporal fragments, we were integrated into its time frame. If we beamed aboard the Enterprise, we'd be frozen in time just like they are. Well, we have to find some way of staying unfrozen. Mr. LaForge, what about a subspace force field? Like the one we used on Davidia 2. Could something like that protect us? Time zero reference. Fragment? Hmm, possibly. But we need an awfully sensitive phase discriminator in order to moderate that kind of field. Well, Worf could use his communicator, make a little force field. <laughs> I do love that. I mean, this is, this is of course, what makes Star Trek fans so obsessive. But I love that it's like, ah, great continuity. That's a reasonable connection he would have made to another episode. Oh, sure. That way we'll be able to be in continual communication. How long will the fields last? About an hour, maybe less. Don't worry. I'll be monitoring you very carefully. It's also a very heavy techno babble episode. Yes, incredibly heavy. Which might be why I like it so much. I'm sure. I mean, it's actually interesting now that we're ta- now that we're in it and talking about it. I don't. I have no, like no criticism so far. It's so funny. It's yeah. It's really. It's really just here's the sci-fi problem. Let's figure it out. There's, yeah. There's very little character stuff. They do the cat thing at the beginning. I mean, the character stuff like... at the top with with uh, with them all like uh, coming back from that conference and having dinner together. Yeah. That stuff's nice. I like that. The. Um... But I mean, in terms of tying a character thing or a theme to the progression. Yeah. Nobody goes on an arc here. Yeah. It's interesting. Nobody's opinions are changed. Although I guess maybe we're all supposed to learn not to judge uh, the Romulans by what they're seeing. Right. Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. We, we, there's sort of a turn in that. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, no, they're definitely here to kill all of us. But yeah, if they were to fire Even phaser, the Romulan that's shooting Beverly at the end is just like, no, I was trying to shoot the enemy guy. If they fired their phaser, yeah. right, would the subspace, would it just, would the beam just freeze in the air? Like it was Kylo Ren they were shooting at? The disruptor, you mean? No, the phaser. Like, they all have phasers on them. Oh. But they have the, they have the you know, that armband, which is giving them a tiny force field. It's keeping them in that time. Right? So if you, Wait. If you fire a phaser. Right. The beam's going to go past the force field, and it will probably just sit in the air. Okay. So that'd be pretty cool. <laughs> Isn't that what happens to the disruptor? Oh, the disruptor already hit her. Yes. Oh, no, no, it didn't. Did it hit her? It did, yeah. And um, then they reverse time, and then it doesn't hit her. Oh, I see. So wait, what's your... My question <laughs> is, if they fire... You're saying, does it go halfway if, across if, the room? If Troy fired the phaser right now, would the beam make it anywhere, or would it just freeze in the room once it hit the time space that... Oh, I see, I see. Yeah, I assume it would freeze, right? Or at least slow down. Such a stupid question, and yet I got you to understand it. Yeah. This is, that's the fun of Star Trek. (laughs) I was bothered when Picard and people started touching people, and they weren't sucked into the time hole the way that he was when he touched the, uh, the fruit. But uh, I guess it's because of the armbands. Yeah. Three Romulans. All of them with disruptors. It's like skin tight. Right. Right. Calm. 
That's what Jordy says. There are none of our security officers on the bridge. They must have taken us by surprise. Well, like, shouldn't it be... These totally new helmet ops people here. Well, I mean, half the gang is uh, on that runabout. <laughs> it's true, the giant yes, runabout. Move objects in this time frame. I'm going to make something float in the air. Maybe we could do something to help Will. I'm wary about making changes in this time continuum until we understand more about what's going on. Captain, the equipment is no longer functioning. Once Picard, always Picard. However, the information currently displayed indicates there was a massive power surge in engineering. Spiner had a cold that day. That's my theory. Security teams have just been sent to transporter room three and to sickbay. Counselor, will you go to sickbay and investigate? Mr. Data, go to main engineering. See if you can determine the cause of that power surge. I'll be in transporter room three. Miss LaForge? LaForge here, sir. Will you lock onto our signals? I want you to transport Counselor Troy to- I'd rather not, Captain. We've got limited power and your isolation fields consume a lot of energy. Understood. Maybe Data would do it for me. We'll use the general. <laughs> Let's go. Uh, Andy, I'm going to rely on your notes here because, I, 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 again, I don't... I'm, like, at a loss for things to say about this for some reason. Um, There's some... Someone says there are three lights. I don't remember. Oh, there are three Romulans. And I said, it made me think of there are three lights. But there were four lights. Well, I, I remember there being three lights. There were four, and then, there were, and then he was saying five. They were trying to make him say five. No, weren't there three? No. There are three? There are four lights? What's what's the thing that he yells at the end? Four. There are th four lights. And did he... St wasn't he saying there were three? No, four, and, and the Cardassian wanted him to say that there were five. Interesting. Um... Let's see. I like when he moves uh, Mr. Worf. Yeah, this was when I was like, why is he touching him? I wouldn't take that chance. Excuse me, Mr. Worf. Especially after he hurt his fingernails Cat. before. Counselor, take a look at this. It appears that Mr. Worf had just been... I'm going to adjust the button so this, that Worf beams them all to his quarters. <laughs> it's going to be the greatest prank when we figure this all out. He hates Romulans more than anyone. <laughs> Transporting Romulans on board the ship in the middle of a battle. They don't have any weapons. And that one looks injured. You can see, if you go back to that shot, you can see on the ground, Andy, next to the... Um, Next to the base of the transporter controls, the the power cable going to it. Doing transporting Romulans yeah. on board the ship in the middle of a battle. Right there. They don't have any weapons. Oh, that a normal modern day power cable. Yeah, just probably plug it in the lights of the console. Captain, there's something <laughs> I have to tell you. Dr. Crusher has been hit by a disruptor blast at point blank range. If time returns to normal, I don't see how she can survive. Data to Captain Picard. I love that. And I would say another thing. Really, such great act end ends through this episode. Also, the Romulan pretending to be frozen. Um, and then the that being part of the reveal at the end of the act. It's really nice. I think that... Really great heightening in every act. It's really structured very nicely. Yeah. 
in a way that makes you wonder why isn't every episode structured that well. But I, I guess that's that's the you know that's when you've hit genius in uh, in episodic television writing. It is the flashpoint of a warp core explosion, and it is expanding. Expanding. I thought that time was suspended on this ship. We were incorrect, sir. I have determined that time is moving forward at an infinitesimal rate. Why didn't we notice it before? Our initial conclusion was based on our observations of the crew. The warp core breach moves at a much faster rate. The motion of the cloud is within my visual detection threshold. At its current rate of expansion, it will consume the Enterprise in approximately 9 hours, 17 minutes. Is there anything we can do to stop it? It is no longer a question of stopping it, sir. The explosion has already occurred. The fact that it is moving slowly changes nothing. You sure we can't stop it? Starfleet will dock <laughs> my pay, you know. Astonishing to see it frozen like this. Do we know what caused the breach? No. However, the console displays indicate a power transfer in progress between the Enterprise and the Romulan ship. To set up the car. Mm-hmm. That is why there is a second beam between the two ships. Why would we be sending them power? Perhaps we should go aboard the Romulan ship. The answer to that question may... <laughs> I like how neither of them find it even a little funny. I think it's kind of funny. <laughs> it's really hard to have not laughed. Um, Should it have been a Didn't we face? see someone... Am I wrong, or did, was, did somebody send us something? Was somebody? I definitely have seen someone in a cosplay outfit of this. Was that at the con that we went to? That was at the convention, yes. Yeah, and I, I, and I didn't her. know what it was she at was, that point. She was the warp core breach from Timescape. It's pretty genius. <laughs> so funny. Um, but uh, do we ever touch on the time psychosis in the rest of the episode? It's just this one scene, right? Correct. It's very strange that they would just have thrown that in and done that weird bit. And then I kind of feel like they fell in love with the idea of it and were so amused that yeah, and it also felt doing like the happy face. They needed to figure out like, what to do with, with, with Picard. Like they probably wanted to get him off the ship for some reason. Yeah. Or maybe they oh, just, right, right. Maybe right. They just oh, that's right. They wanted to switch out Geordi. Yeah. Trance must have been overwhelming. In much the same way deep sea divers experience nitrogen narcosis, you experienced a form of temporal narcosis. Can we modify the subspace isolators to give us better protection? I don't think so. I'd say the best thing we can do right now is to be careful. Limit our exposure to their time frame. I'd say no longer than 10 minutes per trip. And we should probably stick together while we're there, just in case. Very well. Well, the first step is to find out why this the Enterprise the was transferring power to the wrong This has been the most techie episode ever. Oh, I guess it's accurate. It took eight and a half days in the Romulan engine room. Counselor, it's interesting that even a Romulan vessel, you probably know more. Even Troy, um, who saves Jordy later, with quick thinking, and I and I kind of thought that was kind of nice. First of all, that she just stays cool and collected. This is one of the rare episodes that really like gives Troy her due, and she's like. I don't know if she comes into her own at this, you know, slowly over the season. And so this is an example of it. But uh, uh, she's cool and collected. And I kind of feel like there's a sub, there's sort of an an unspoken thing that she's using her knowledge of the Romulans 
from her time on the Romulan ship. That oh, kind, this kind is comes funny. New, the the set for the runabout was built under TNG's budget to help out Deep Space Nine. Oh, really? So That's like, funny. Right into this episode, and then we'll use it. And then uh, what an advantage they can have! I guess we did that with, yeah. uh, with the spinoff of Goldbergs and Goldbergs. We only we had did nine. We, anyways, we did. Uh, seven weeks went into the creation of the cockpit on Deep Space Nine, but they had only nine days to design and build the living quarters, and they they worked around the clock. On the trivia side, a clue to the rules of Parisi squares. <laughs> In that old player like Riker could fall and break his neck. Troy Do we can, see Troy can be seen, No, Troy can be seen plexing when stressed. Yes, sick, sick bay phaser bin is still accessible to anyone. Uh-huh. <laughs> Spot is mentioned. Worf's calisthenics program is also mentioned. Uh, that didn't seem like that was that was a, a, a calisthenics program, by the way, where Riker would have uh, banged his head up. <laughs> They're just they're just mentioning details at that point. Yeah, I mean that's 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 what I'm trying to do here. I'm trying to build something out of this very techy episode. What about the layouts? No, I don't want to hear. No, I'm just saying Perhaps. they were they're just cramming in. How about worse calisthenics? We'll mention that. People know that, but it's like nobody would have injured themselves doing that. Is things like a slow moving tai chi? No, but his calisthenics program is is that is the thing that. He found Alexander, and remember with the oh, are you? I I thought it was the Tai Chi thing, the Klingon no, whatever silly kata, as opposed to the it's the fighting the, it might the He-Man. Be. I don't know. I assume it's He-Man. <laughs> I assume you fight um, well, Skeletor. Yes, uh, please give me his name, Frank uh, L- Langella. Langella. <laughs> Frank Langella. It's always it's just different Frank Langella characters. Yeah. <laughs> Today I'm going to fight Dracula. Today I'm fighting his character from the movie Ed. <laughs> Today I'm going to fight the acting teacher from Unscripted. <laughs> be better if you stayed here this time and gave yourself a chance to recover. Or is it Eddie? Yes, very well. I think it's I will Eddie. monitor your progress from here, but just remember, ten minutes, no more. Yes, Captain. By the way, this effect... The, obviously, most of the time we see it is just a frozen image of the Romulan warbird and the Enterprise. But the one where they're slowly tracking around it and the and the beams are frozen in place, so cool. Yeah, really, it looks all. I mean, this is a big episode. Really, you think about it. We see a Romulan engine room. We see a runabout. Yeah. We see a warp core yeah. breach in progress. Data. I wonder how they thought about it in the writer's room in comparison to the other episodes. Because it is so tech-driven, you would think that they sort of had a general thing of like, well, the character stuff's got to come first, and we've got to come up with the arc and whatever. So it is interesting, and I wonder what the discussion was of this story supports itself. We don't need to you know, go that much deeper. It is really interesting like how... Um how that never bothered me the fact that it's just there's no character stuff it's really just it's just it's just techno babble the whole time i think it's also indicative of how much they've hit their stride that the the character interactions even when they're talking about all this tech stuff 
you can kind of feel the emotional distinctions between the characters and how each is handling each step. Um, which is why it's so nice when Troy steps up. Like, I guess I'm saying the character stuff is even, is almost unspoken because of the strength of the, the, the performances of the actors and what we know about the characters so far up till now yeah. in the series. Stations. Ships are on evacuation alert. Is that why the Romulans were being transported to the Enterprise? Take a look at this. There's an energy feedback returning through the transfer beam. It's probably what overloaded the Enterprise's engines and caused the core breach. Perhaps the Warbird was trying to destroy the Enterprise. I don't think so. According to this, the Romulans were actually trying to shut down the power transfer. Looks like fun, somebody Whatever finally learned how to read Romulan. Look less and less like a Romulan attack. Data, why don't we take a look at their engine readouts? Jordy, the engine core is completely inactive. That's impossible. The Romulans use an artificial quantum singularity as their power source. Love Once it. it's activated, it can't be shut down. Let's take a closer look. She'd been on a Romulan ship. More continuity. She it. It's really it's a it's a continuityist's delight. <laughs> what would a person obsessed with continuity be called? The Sugar Hill Gang. That's their best song. <laughs> organic, organic, from a molecular configuration. It appears the aperture is beginning to fluctuate. I'm... Energy build up in the phase compensation loop. Check the main distribution matrix. That's not even the matrix is clear. It's the power transfer from the Enterprise. I'm reading a massive feedback. Systems are beginning to overload. Notify the Enterprise to shut down the power transfer. What do you think of the fact that Jordy is the one who sees that the, the, the Romulan is out of place? And Data's like, oh. Yeah, I, that did strike me. I just, Why do you think that is? Well, Jordy's also brilliant. I know, and he's got, maybe the visor gave him an edge, but it really does seem like the kind of thing that a computer would notice first. A computer man. Wait, something's not right here. Did it was this man always standing right here? Whoa, he's dying. The answer was no, but I didn't want to seem like an idiot. At least this way he'll be alive in the other time frame. We might have a chance to save him later. Look at that quick thinking on Deanna. So part. great. Good job, Deanna. From his bioscan. I'm not certain he is a Romulan. His cellular structure does not conform to any known species. His bioelectric patterns are in a state of temporal flux. I do not believe this being is native to our time continuum. Mr. Data, you said that you found organic matter in the temporal aperture. Correct, sir. I'd like to take a closer look at those readings. I probably will find something you didn't, like this Romulan. <laughs> this is when, this is when uh, Riker, I mean when uh, Picard completely stops trusting Data. <laughs> no, no, you missed that Romulan. No, Jordy saw it, and Jordy just likes computers. 
Of course, we go back to my original theory. Data's not really an android. Whoa. This is the proof. Bringing that one up again, huh? Yeah. To exist in your time. Why are you here? We had to come to save them. They were in danger. Who were in danger? Who was in danger? They will die in the ground. Well, he said they were, and then he said they were. So he established it was a they. Right. Do you mean the Romulan engine core? Yes. Our young are trapped. We must get them out. Our young was trapped? Our young are trapped. Wait, what? Andy, no. I will not have this tense discussion. That's a very tense discussion. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Self-destruct. Boo. Self-destruct. Boo. Oh, no. set of variables to coordinate. I estimate the core breach will consume the Enterprise in approximately seven hours, two minutes. Including the happy face you drew into it. Is it possible to lock onto the core itself, beam it in space? That's probably long gone. No, oh, sir. Yeah. We would have to surround the core with a subspace isolation field. It is not possible to generate a field of that magnitude from the runabout. Does runabout have warp? Yeah. I guess it must. Mr. Data... Does it have pupils? Scan the temporal sure does. Your tricorder. It costs time to move forwards and then back again. Correct, sir. What if we could reverse that process? Cause time to move backwards and then forwards. We might be able to run time back to a point before the warp core breach occurred, and then find a way to prevent the power transfer. And then when time goes forward again, the breach never happens. I could attempt to remodulate the tricorder's delta band emissions. It should be possible to better control the temporal aperture. Make it so. <laughs> temporal band emissions, temporal aperture. If this works, we may not have much time to prevent the power transfer. We'll have to decide precisely where to be and what to do the very instant that time begins to move backwards. I want you both to know that I love you. Captain's and none of us should go to Jordan. Replacing the modified tricorder <laughs> on the Romulan ship. You and me, I've been trying to get rid of him for a I long time. Captain. Standing by. Acknowledge. Counselor, are you in position? I want to bring back Biff Ready, Yeager. Captain. <laughs> all right, Mr. Data. Go back all the way to that. Tricorder emissions. Thanks for bringing me back, Captain Picard. All those fans wrote them letters, huh? <laughs> they demanded me back. I bet you they watched this episode and they were like, hey, how come Biff Yeager ain't there? Biff Yeager would have fixed it. <laughs> With a little New York know-how. Go ahead, Mr. Data. <laughs> no Robin no would ever get their hands on Biff Yeager. Surprise or no. <laughs> Tune in next week to the adventures of Biff Yeager. <laughs> Every episode, Biff Yeager. Special guest, Mickey Mantle. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks for having me, Biff. Ah, <laughs> oh, Mick, good to have you. You got anything to drink here, Biff? 
<laughs> sure, you want a beer? Love one. Thanks. <laughs> well, it was good to be here. <laughs> Tune in next week to the adventures of Biff Yeager. <laughs> Every week, it's just Biff Yeager talking about what his character would have done differently than Jordy. <laughs> This lady's another alien, right? Like the other guy? Yeah. She's just less informed? Yeah, well, she wasn't with them. <laughs> I do like, what do you think of this lieutenant that's like, oh, I just fucked up. Data's, Data just told me to do something and I already did it. Oh, he's an engine. It's a good performance. <laughs> do not initiate that power transfer. I'm sorry, sir. I already have. We must shut it down. <laughs> Oh no, this is going to look bad on my record. This is my first day. Computer, <laughs> place a level 3 containment field around the warp core. Containment field activated. I got no claims to fame, by the way. These people. So this reason they kind of brush aside the... They... I mean, I love the progression of, like, realizing, oh, wait, they're not battling the Romulans, but it seems to it doesn't seem to be that big a, you know a reaction at the end <laughs> that it's like, you know oh wow, the Romulans were working in total tandem with the Enterprise they were just like oh okay, we're all in danger, let's all be yeah, trusting I mean, people <laughs> look, that's the that's the, I think there is something to be said of some Romulan characterizations yeah. like it's not all they're not all twirling mustaches at their false back door they're not all tall she are trash. Tall, yeah, I guess that's it, right? No, treacherous, it treacherous, tall treacherous, she are asses. Tall she are asses, yeah. Captain. No time to explain, number one. Continue the evacuation Captain. of the Romulan ship. Am I dreaming again? <laughs> Is Spot here? I love you. <laughs> In the Romulan engine room, beam him directed to sickbay. <laughs> it's all right, Deanna. He wasn't firing at me. There was an alien here who'd taken Romulan form. I was firing at her. The doctor got in the way. Where did she go? Classic doctor. Always trying to save lives. Status, Mr. Data. I was attacked by another alien, sir. I was unable to prevent the power transfer. It cannot be disengaged, sir. A core breach is again imminent. I just saw the helmsman in engineering. Feedback from Whoever the AD was, no good, no good that day. You're throwing, <laughs> you're throwing background into someone who's in the same scene. <laughs> Maybe it's a time loop. Transfer beam would tear us apart. Patch me into the navigational control of the runabout. I like ultimately the solution here to fly the runabout into the power stream. Got it. I'm bringing the runabout in. And this. That's why they can't have nice things, number one. Mr. Data? My pole brought about it. was so big and comfy. Data, it appears that severing the power transfer has not only prevented the core breach, but has also restored space-time to normal. Also, everything we had on the runabout is gone. I'm glad you didn't bring spot. Judging from the residual I told you temporal you fluctuations, 
I believe they have returned to their own time continuum. Captain? It's a little neat. It's going to take a little time to explain, number one. Looks like he's about Captain to kiss him Lock, there. Stardate 46945.3. We successfully evacuated the crew of the Romulan ship. And we're on course to the neutral zone to bring them home. This will have no impact on future relations. <laughs> Come in. Be great if when he pops his head in, Spot goes. Launches from the ceiling. Why do you ask? No reason. I've worked out the new rotation schedules. I'd like you to cross-check the personnel assignments. Mm, he's very timid in the spot when he wasn't before, which means that's actually Thomas Riker. <gasps> what a great twist! Twenty-three hundred hours. Understood, sir. What are you doing? I'm preparing for a terrible joke. study how humans perceive the passage of time. For example, I've often heard people comment that time seems to pass more slowly in one instance or more quickly in another. In reality, the actual passage of time remains fixed. I suppose it depends on how people perceive time. Every situation is different. It depends on how you feel. I've been testing the aphorism, a watched pot never boils. So dumb. <laughs> Boiled the same amount of water in this kettle 62 times. In some cases, I have ignored the kettle. In others, I have watched it intently. In every instance, the water reaches its boiling point in precisely 51.7 seconds. It appears I am not capable of perceiving time any differently than my internal chronometer. Why don't you turn it off? Sir? Data people do not have internal chronometers. Why don't you see what happens if you turn yours off? Thank you, sir. I will try that. <laughs> what a weird joke to end on. Just don't be late for your shift. The Delta shift. Don't disappoint Jellico. Remember when you were first <laughs> officer? Remember when he made you first officer? Remember when he took my job? Kicked me to the curb? I had to fly yeah, that. Well, that, I had to fly that's that why you're the only him. person on Delta Shift from now on. Uh, all right. There it is, everybody. In the vastness of space, when the going gets rough, you gave it your all. You showed the right stuff. You managed to not blow the ship to smithereens. see for this episode you know what yeah i have i have an opinion here okay i do too and uh, i really hope that your opinion is not far off from mine but i'm giving it to deanna troy i feel like you could probably make arguments for different people different people did different tech things in the episode or came to conclusions but just based on the fact that she's on fire in this episode in terms of staying cool and coming up with solutions and saving jordy and what not? Uh, I'm 100% on board. Uh, so we both gave it to Deanna Troy. Good Yay! Job, How many Deanna. does the episode get? How many Andy's does this episode get? 
It's a really solid episode. It's really well written. It's incredibly well structured. It's really cool to look at. Um, it's kind of a perfect sci-fi plot played out. And really, the only thing in sort of watching it again is kind of the thing that we both noted, which is there's not much character or thematic development in it. Um, and I guess I, it doesn't really matter. I was enjoying it, but I would say it doesn't it doesn't hit a height for me that it might have if there was like a little bit more character interaction or um I don't know if it built dramatically emotionally somehow um and I think that's where I would deduct some points but it's still fantastically done so I would give it a 9 You're not going to believe this Am I right? You're exactly right. <laughs> I did it, guys. You're exactly right. My subjective opinion was right again. You're exactly right. <laughs> and he did it again. <laughs> yeah, it's a nine for me. Nine out of ten. I think, I mean, it's almost a ten. I just sort of wish that they had said something. Right. About, and it's interesting uh, that that know, last scene kind of... could have been a nice thing of... about trusting Romulans or, or, or learning to trust some people or, or perception. You know, the whole thing is about perception of time, right? But what if it was about our perceptions of uh, Romulans? You know, you're right. And it's kind of in there, but they don't land it or build on it, even yeah. to the point where they have that really completely purposeless scene between Riker and Data at the end, other than it's nice to come back to the spot thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but... They easily could have had that real estate spent on something about, you know, and even just even a couple lines and a couple scenes, because it's in there that they're like, oh, they think it's the Romulans. And it would be have been nicer if they lean more on it that like literally they can't see the forest for the trees because they can't break out of their heads that the Romulans are against them. Um, And it kind of sort of brushed past a lot. They just make the adjustment like, oh, they guess the Romulans are on our side. And then at the end, they get him back to the neutral zone. So they could have done other things. Yeah, Um, it would have taken a little more work. It probably would have ruined the delightful structure. I don't know. That's the work of a writer. Take the good, you take the bad, you take them both, and there you have Timescape. Timescape. (laughs) All right, let's watch the trailer for the season finale of season six, guys. It's finally here, the 26th episode of season six. This is the trailer for Descent. Part one. The ultimate terror has returned. All hands, battle stations. Their sights are set on one target. Stop! On the eve of an incredible breakthrough. Oh, I got angry. Now will you become a victim of temptation? Did it feel good to kill? And join forces with the galaxy's greatest enemy? Yes. Next time on Star Trek The Next Generation. Very scary episode. Uh all right. Andy, it's time to say a little thank you to our patrons. Our good old patrons. With a trip into our circle of presidents. And some saying of names. So, let's head back into the president's circle. All right. Captain 
Number one movie this week, anyway. So let's just uh, let's listen to the main theme to Jurassic Park while we're in. <laughs> <laughs> it's the grandeur that our president circle members deserve. Yes, and I'm gonna log in over here and try to get our hands on that wonderful list of you people and get it over to Andy too at the same time. This is just—it's a lot happening. Let's see. Let me go to my relationships manager. <laughs> I'm going to manage this relationship with all of you right now. This is upsetting. It is truly upsetting for Andy and myself. Is anyone's favorite movie Jurassic Park? Yes. You think so? Yeah, for sure. Certainly a fan favorite. It's hard to, hard to imagine it being anyone's favorite, though. But who knows? I... You'll love dinosaurs, I'm sure. Uh, my mother's calling. Mom, if you're listening to this episode, which I'm sure you are, you called while I was doing this part of the podcast. You could put her on speakerphone, have her give oh, her a that's say. So true. Damn it! My instinct, as is usual, was uh, to delete or stop, not take a call while I was podcasting. Yeah. Damn it, Andy. Sorry, Mary. You heard what your true son wanted to do. Damn it, Andy. It certainly is majestic. Can't John Williams, best of the best. Uh, nobody better than John Williams, except for one guy. <laughs> Jerry Goldsmith. Early John like Williams. <laughs> <laughs> he's time. He's time fighting himself. <laughs> no one can match John Williams except for early John Williams. <laughs> Jurassic. Park. Oh, Andy, I forgot that I get a screen share. This is exciting. I'm excited. Are you excited? I'm a little excited. All right. Let's go ahead and share the screen. And Wait, what am I sharing? What do you see right now? Nothing? I see start, I see the trailer seeing screen. Oh, I don't know where that went. Let me pull this back over <laughs> to here. Really, this is amateur city even for us. There <laughs> we go. Oh. All right, Andy, let's go ahead and start thanking these wonderful, wonderful patrons in order. Uh, no order, just an order. Yeah, it seems which, like a random order. Yeah. What is it from? It's just, I just did it descending by how much money they're pledging, which means I just have the top of the list be the president's circle. All so right. a big old go thank to you it. to Anders. Welcome back, Matt. Glad you're okay. We love you 3,000. Peterson and Christopher Finagy, Amber Schmidt. It is crescendoing right now. I think Jurassic Park's a little too distracting. <laughs> well, it's. Uh, I think it's I think it's crescendoing because we're finally beginning. <laughs> well, we've just opened the gates. Uh, Amber Schmidt, Anthony Deacon, Adrian Bing Clark, Sir Reginald Pennybottom, Husker Danny B. Derek Atkinson, Jet Jurgens, Brett Jarrett, Robert Olson, The Kembles, Andrew Witzel, Derek Westover, Lissy D, Tony Rideout, Richard Davis, Tyler Rosewood, Joe Fermanek, Jason Sinclair, Stevie Marie Nickel, Alan L. Jason, who thinks of Andy as my friend and Matt as is my captain. Mark Fair. Mitchell, Paul Sharp, Catherine Shimmons, Christopher Colbert, Dan Costellic, and Andrew Ingram. Thank you. 
and to Daniel Perez, thank you. Ben Roach, thank you. Paul Carley, Kelly Coe, Elizabeth, like the Queen, Simpson, like the TV show, <laughs> Brian Hellman, Lieutenant Karen Van Off, Lieutenant Mike Jones, Lieutenant Brett Euler, thank you. Sandra M., Mike Gaylord, Ron LeBlanc, Frederick Roy, Jonathan Wentz, Martin Hedegar Peterson, Live Long and Dad podcast, Carolyn Land. Thank you to Whiskey Ben 77. Thank you to Chris Nedgewitz. Thank you to Captain Crandall. Huh. Uh, thank you to Lenny uh, Wynn. Thank you to Shark Carbuncle. Uh, thank you to Chris Love. Thank you to Luke Morgan Rowe. Thank you to Robin Larson, Lieutenant Kelly Newman, Command Master Chief Robert Garrison, Fred Coppersmith, Catface. <laughs> Thank you Emily to. Eldred. Oh, I, I highlighted it to tell you I was taking over there. After Catface, Andy. Uh, Emily Eldred. <laughs> Ross the Headless Thompson, Gunnar McLeod, Irma Deridia, Brandon Davis, Paul Brisk, Julian, I'm sorry, Jillian Randalls, James Baker, Diane M. Martin, Kristen Scalisi, the Goddess of Carbs, Amanda Bootwell, Adam Rogers, Handiza Kunthe. Uh, Grand Admiral Matuine, Keith Bodela, Kim Vils- Visak, no, Vilsack, Ian Buckley, Chief Tackle Officer, Troy Ray, Tim Cullen, Dan McLeod, Tony King, Gareth Case, Andrew Michael, Barbara the First, Ben Badnuck, Gary Martinez, CC Sadler, Tim Siebel, Kyle Thompson, Rebecca Shoemaker, formerly Shavita, but I married a widow. Mazel. Uh, Jesse Hendricks and Robert Denton, thank you. Thank you to Lieutenant Claire Powells, to Eric Mon, to Raymond, Brett Parsons, Vanilla Thunder, Lieutenant C.D., Stephen Small, Lieutenant Katya Woolishin, Alexis Boussier. Um, something going on with the screen. I made it bigger. Uh, there you go. Peter Sheeran, Miriam Centeno, Eric N., Joe Moran, a.k.a. Muscles Ripley, stalwart Neelix defender, currently adrift in space. Uh, Jesse Glasby, Kathleen Guzman, Lieutenant Tish Wheeler, Neil Stud Lambda One, <laughs> Katie Campbell, Will Hosclaw, Brandon Callinger, Barry Wallace. Thank you to Jeff Millies. Thank you, President Preston Foster. No matter what Ma- Not Matt a president. says. Damn it. He found a loophole. <laughs> Reese, <laughs> Reese Kawchuk. Ryan Solo. Daniel Stenrud, Sophie, Sofa King, Cool, Matt Wipert, Marcello Vida, the specific actor trainee, needs a reference to the Matt Myra. It did sound not on screen. Matt. What? Oh, sorry. School of Smooth. <laughs> the irony. The uh, irony yeah, of that is so the funny. The made that better. And thank you, Joe Sullivan. Uh, thank you to Kip Corbett, my old pal Jesse Tushinsky, Christopher P. Gill. Uh, the ch- A.K.A. the chairman of the Borg, Jan Leppert, Brian McDonald, Rob Savin, Matthew L., unlikely due to Matt's affinity for cheers, but can you mispronounce my last name? Went. Oh, I didn't mispronounce it. You're, you're a Went of the Chicago Wentz, I hope. I, Dion. <laughs> 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 uh, Catherine Novacek, John Turin, Alex D. Gesslin, Carmen DeHoog, William Temin, Adrian Carter, Marcus Erlinson, 
Andrew Reeves, Matthew Dillon, Simon Harper, Sean Russell, Jeff Jenkins, Andrew Gibson, Eric B., Cody Stanley, Stephen Coder, Rob Baptiste, Chris DQ, Scott Burnett, Chris Leopold, Nick and Dan Billing. Thank y'all. That's just Nick and then Dan Billing. Unless they're brothers or sister and brother. Who oh, knows? That, yeah, maybe. Guys, uh, Jonathan's. Jonathan Sourshell, Jonathan Leader, uh, Joyce Hudson, Lieutenant Derek Hawkins, Lieutenant Colin McCowan, McEwen? McEwen. Uh, Lieutenant Elena, Jerry Canavan, McKeon. Cody Wappenkamp. Huh? McKeon. McKeon. Like Mike oh, McKeon. Oh, yeah, obviously McKeon, like Nancy McKeon. Um, oh, Glenn we, Wakely. We each had our own McKeons. Who did you say? Mike. Mike McKeon. I think he spells it differently. <gasps> He's with an A. Son of a bitch. In fairness, Nancy might spell it differently, too. I don't remember. <laughs> Brian Rewinkle. Uh, Glenn Wakely has said. Frederick Rombouts. Daryl the Animal Noy. Lieutenant Catherine. Jeff the Human. Maximus the Dog. How long can a profile name be? This long. Wow. This is longer than I would have expected. Good Lord. The letters. That's then, there, I, I don't know if you wrote more? more, but we can't see Hang it. Hang on. Oh, there is more. <laughs> <laughs> all, the, all the time delayed jokes really work out. So it says, good lord, the letters. And then it says, secunda. <laughs> um, Matthew Cutler, uh, Lieutenant Nathan Haney, a werewolf is four months behind on podcasts. No problem, werewolf. Thank you for remaining part of the Patreon. Uh, Joe shall distance more. Hope you get your vaccine soon, Joe. Tim Collins, Tom Nettleton, Thomas Nettleton, um, Jesse Elliott, Matt Schaefer, Jeffrey Child, Chad Fate. Trek Barnes, Bad Pizza on Ricer. <laughs> Eric, uh, Erica Vanover, uh, at Erica Laughing. Uh, Lance Daniel Hepper. Nate Richmond, Veronica Wisely, Andrew Polkrang, Matt Burke, Michael Howe, Tim Shields, John Lynn, Kavard on Facebook and Instagram, The Dude Never Bowls, Jeff Mullins, Lieutenant Commander Jeff Mullins, Tyson Klein, uh, Lieutenant Lisa Gomez, Ken, Deep Space Nine is the best Trek, Stokey, Dan. Rob Trevino, that's it. Joel Greenbow, Kellen Adamson, Rutger Hauer, Jason Werrand, Kevin Brown, Mike Webster, the Squire of Gothos, Thomas Purring, thank you, Claudia, Professor of Humanities, Laura McCarricker, Alexander Perry, Lieutenant J.M., Darren Gleese, oh, Gleeton, Edward Andrus Acevedo, Mark Redenius, Steve Thomas, Kieran O'Sullivan, Adam Holtz, Steve Harcourt, Brian Adams, Lisa, Jeremy Miller, Katie Whitestone, Scott Lieberman, JJ and Jess at Tanagra, the pizza, good. Jonathan Misner, Denise Kupferschmidt, Tara Hunter, Judge 349. Ryan Hecht, Alex Carico, Ryan, not a Dr. Doom, Stephen McCaver, the red shirt dies in the cold open, James Carrier, Scott Austin, Dave Howe, Aaron, Rob, Delphi Blues, Richard Phillips, Todd Meyer, Jeremy, Seth J. Boudreau, this music's making me read faster, Richard Craig, <laughs> Eric Rufford, Mike Laban, Roberto! Come. Gwethelyn Williams, John G, Lucas Swain, Jay from ScienceDiv.com, The Triple People, Zach Crum, Andy Puckett, TNC's resident astrophysicist, Trenton Hoyt, uh, Cedric Clark, Adam Sullins, Nick G, Lieutenant Amanda Murphy, Lieutenant 
Beth Clark, Lieutenant Julio, Lieutenant Greg Latta, Great Terrible Izak, Jeffrey Barker, Andrew McClure, J.C. Shaggy, Christina Peck, Kevin Corticus, Carl Daath, Zach Wilson, Simon, Foglegs, Jerry Brown, Sarah Friedman, Dylan Ekmalian, Catherine Gartner, uh, David, Michael Collins, Mike, uh, Matthew M. Columbus, Nelson Helwig, Lieutenant A- Amy Pointer, Sante Mastriana, Jeff Karamaza, Amy Gibbs, Philip Hanshai, Teddy Jordan. Thank you to James, James Tuttle. Tuttle. Candy Lineup, Michael Shade, Brian Stromitz, Jiminy Jellickers, Feldy Bimf, Bill and Tedman, and Cedron Law, Ed Mundy, Miguel A. Moretta, Mikey Melton, Winston Stouffer, Leon Kassab, Adam Dodge, Pat E., Grant McGuire, Daniel Permit, Jonathan Anderson, Josh Moore, Daniel St. Louis, uh, Melody, the one in Australia, Secret Hail. What do you guys think the Enterprise 1701Z will look like? Ooh, good just, question. It will just be a captain's chair. <laughs> just will there be a shield around it? The rest of the ship will be invisible. It'll be like Wonder Woman. Cool. When she flies her invisible jet. Trekaholic, another Star Trek podcast. Matt Weber, Thomas, and the Cham Chamberlain. Uh, James McLaughlin, Christopher, the Imperfect Mate, Bateman, Hayden, Philly G, Adam and JP, Kevin Polly, Stephanie Simons or Simmons, Kenny Meehan, Matt Fader, Theodore Zidzalo. Compass Theander, Trevor Kozdrowski, Sam Pass, James Maynero, Chris Yates, Christopher Mitz, Paul Magnus, Calabro, Kobayashi Maru, Mark Irasi. I don't know if I did that Isari? right. Isari? Patrick, Isari. Steve Haas, Bob Blair, Molly Murphy-White, Wabash Kozak, uh, Jason Brown, William Smith, Michelle Fairbanks, Mary Mack, D.W., that's DW. Rose, Rose Harless, Debbie Lemon. Uh, any relation to Liz? Did I already say this joke? Probably. Joey G, Jonah Brulette, David K. Huh? Is that a joke? Nah, it's really just a statement <laughs> that, that, <laughs> that, that has no purpose. A purposeless statement, sometimes known in my world as a joke. Jonathan Feller, Peter Ballard, Nick Lynchner, David Veenstra, double butt stuff Oreos, Oreos with two butts and stuff. <laughs> it's your time. Do what you want with it. John King, Tom Bondurant, Kelly Sweeney, Michael Rossi, David Pinson, Stephanie Dyerson, Lieutenant Derek Knighton, Lieutenant Carrick Jones, Lieutenant Parker Davidson, Zach, it's Birds of Prey, look up post positive adjectives, McCullough. Oh, Tanner, Tanner Wilson, <laughs> Noah Sondret, Braden Cabinelli, John Zaitz, Sean Lyons, Carolyn McNamara, Laura Palma, Blanford, Alexander Cruz, and I'm Tim Glover, Joe Lenzen, Mike Roberts, Tom Hagopian, Blake Petit, Chad Mathis, Richard Wilkinson, Ted, Jason Inman, C.E. Edwards, C. Edwards, Brett LeBlond, Matthew Dedrick, Scott Watson, Heath Corgenshin, Daniel Heron. Korshkin. Kors- Korshkin. Yeah. Daniel Heron, Roberta, what was it? Kraft? 
Cat, Roberta Cat, Meow. Uh, Sean Daly, M.W., Andy Benton, Darmic, and Sinatra at the Sands. Nice. Um, Patrick Reese, Elizabeth Story, Mallory Duke, Brendan Teske, baby, Lieutenant Sean Moore, Joe Blow, Adrian Kopp, Benjamin Garcia, Scott Bradley, Michael Parsons, Jess, who is now friends with JJ because attraction like Star Trek should bring people together. Grace Ellen Meixner. Oh, Meixner. Baron Von Poo. Charlie Matthew Tome. Tom McGowan. Jack Diamond. Commander Junior Gray. John Waggy. Todd Harmon. Sean. Heather Knight. Peter Goodwin. Matt Snyder. Scott Farley. Nate Forrest. Aisha. Kurt Kelly. Ugly Bag of Mostly Water. Classic reference to a classic TNG from season two. Duncan Delp. Jeff Weiner. Uh, Matthew Smith. Zach McGrath, Ian Werner, Mad Seb McCon Macon Clark, Laura Munoz. Jeff McGregor, Mike Boonackley, we heard from him today. Uh Matt Evans, Sterling Moffat, uh the mediocre and average Doug, Jankman ninety one, Carrie Hunter. Uh, Jason Leach, Adam Ringland, thank you to J- Kevin S. Brooks, thank you to Adam R. Murray, I the Cat. Shelley, Queen of the Shelliac, Vasil, Jeffrey Maddox, what George a, Porter. What a playlist YouTube is going right now. We've decided to jump into Ghostbusters. I was wondering why Ghostbusters is coming up. Katie Brozick. Did I say George Porter? Well, there you go if I didn't. Maybe, Kelly, maybe YouTube Colbert. is trying to give us the answer. Who's better than John Williams? <laughs> Ray Parker Jr. <laughs> uh, Justine Adamek, Hannah Silver. Seamus O'Toole, Jane Suhomsky. Daniel Brown, Timothy Casarano, Archer Palms, a.k.a. Vertingnessness, Maddie Chappie, Brenda Rexing, Zach Engberg, Natasha Harrison, Patrick, Daniel Weiss, Nameless Bond, Isaac Boatsit, Joel Ahrens, Benjamin Lyons, Alexander Markowitz, Garrett Avilar, Gregory Durain, David Landau, Don Vadon Donson, Tamika Mitchell, um, Luke Barrett, Edward Sides. I can't hear. I'm sorry. What was the last one you did? Edward Sides. Christopher L. Mitchell. John Macy. Pizza Shrapnel. Matty H. Rob Wisdom. John Matthews. Niles N. Dereg. Lieutenant A.J. Lieutenant Miss J. Lieutenant M.S.T. 3. Katie. Lieutenant Sean Cameron. James with a South African accent, Holloway, Roberto, Andy Sackfield Cornell. Animo Andy, tu puedes. It's gonna be shit. Sure is. Lieutenant Jeremy D, Ram Bush, Trev Eliason, Eliason, uh, Lainsa, Jeffrey, who looks things, things to make us go. John Dews, Ryan, Angel Cruz, Nathan Sweat, Christine Assad. Martha, Rick Berry, Michelle Hanna, Kit Gates, Keats, Matthew Koch, or Koch, uh, Megan Brady Wright, Jonathan Munoz, Laura Kincaid, Eric Peoples, Andrew Brenneman, Matthew Holmes, Amanda Goodwin, Bonnie Latrell, Kyle White, Martin Thomas Couture, uh, Jennifer, Jennifer Cable. Well, go ahead. Uh, Jennifer Cable. Thank you to Brad Harris, to Valerie Rorick, to John Douglas Forrest, to Mr. The Ultimate Trekker. David Fiola, Zach Smith, thank you to Christy, thank you to Lieutenant Benjamin, sounds like Cisco, Simcoe, uh, to Jennifer Coffinbarger, 
to Lauren the Ellorian, to President Woods, not a real president, Victor Romero, Gordon Burnett, Joey Trashbags, L, like you, but five better. Timothy Doherty, uh, Mladen from Michigan, Vince Butler, Matthew Bitts, Joseph Lanter, Andrew French, Joel Klingel, Larry, Ian Clark, Lieutenant Governor General, Sir Christopher Chris Christopherson, Country and Western Galactic Treasure, Gerolath McDrab, McRadab? Yeah. Sure. McRadab? Shoeb Mirza. Kristen Braken, Mark Stallwood, Steph Hackett, Rachel Waltemeyer, Morlun, these are getting tougher, Tyson Cantrell, Thomas Bowater, Jacob Parik. See a lot of new names. That's also yeah. the, the raised degree of challenge. And welcome to the President Circle, folks. Brian S. Siegenthaler, Candice Homan or known? What a weird. I'm sure I'm of way off. As uh, to the newcomers, video. feel free to give us the uh, the uh, uh, phonetic pronunciation it, where your name goes uh, in your entry to the president circle. Um, Wim Ebb, thank you. Tyler Jennings, Matthew Asikanan, Lawrence Thurman, Rachel Kelly, Darren George, Brad Mildle, My Mildy, yeah. Christopher Martinez, Philip Lately, Din Adden, Ellis Merritt. Whoa! Uh, Michael Wrong Murphy. franchise. Donk 2015. Franchise. The wrong franchise. We've now had more bad movies than we've had good. William Newell. Master of Desquius. Uh, Matt Hopkins. Kevin Smith. Lieutenant Wes Wallace, Lieutenant David Chaffetz, Lieutenant Seth Gilbert. I, I very appropriately thank you to Jurassic Mark. Yeah. And thank you to Jason Delfling. Not Delfling. It's not Gelfling. Jason Delfing. Uh, thank you all so much. Sorry, as always, for mangling your names. And uh, your, your presence is so appreciated here in the President's Circle. Where we celebrate all things Star Wars. <laughs> All right. Today we're talking about Kylo Ren. Is he the best villain in the world? Go ahead. You're on line one. I feel like Ren was misunderstood. You're right. He was. Anyway, it was fun. Thank you, everybody. You're all delightful. And we've taken really up so are. much of your time saying your names, but I hope you enjoyed it. Wait. Quit? I'm trying to close this. We're going to try and get out more. Uh, on the main pod. If not, we may have to wait until Matt's done with the season. Um, it's only another week, guys. Patreon continues. Uh, we hope you're all hanging in there. We hope you all get your vaccine soon. And um, God bless yes. you, everyone. Dory, I'm just signing off right now. Literally. Hi, Dory. Bye. Uh, yeah, I better go spend some time with my kid, everybody. That's what that angry face meant. My best to Henry. Uh, your best will be given. Shall we? We shall. This is